Jordan Smith. Tragic news Thursday as Bengals receiver Chris Henry dies in an automobile incident. Hen- uh, officials say Henry was in the back of a flatbed pickup truck when he fell out and sustained head injuries. Henry died a couple days after due to the injuries sustained in the crash. Yeah, and this was a guy who was trying to start fresh in his life it seemed like and given all the on and off the field troubles he's had um through his short life here um i really we all really hope to see the rebirth of chris henry not only on the field because he had so much talent but off the field because he had so many issues be it with family or with drugs or several other uh, areas off the field. So we all express our condolences to the family, and this is a tragic loss for his teammates and really for everybody else around the league as well. Yeah, the poor guy. Uh, he was really starting to turn his life around. He was getting that married. He had three kids. Um, it just sometimes things happen, and, uh, well, uh, you never That's know. Right. You never know. Anyways, moving on to the Thursday night game. Colts and Jags. Yeah, we had a good one last night, and unfortunately we haven't been with you guys in the last week or so. But um, last night's game was closer than many people expected it to be. Oh, yeah. Uh, Peyton had to make a, a fourth quarter comeback again. Um, it's a league leading, I believe it's seven fourth quarter comebacks for the Colts. Um, so, uh, yeah, how do you like the Colts this year? Oh, they're definitely showing that they're a level behind, above everybody else, um, along with the Saints, kind of standing on the top of that hill and everybody else looking up at them. Uh, they did have a little bit of trouble getting to 14-0, and but I'm amazed at how well they've done considering how depleted they are injury-wise and how much their running game has struggled over the course of the year. Yeah, and a little help from Reggie Nelson along the way. Yeah, uh, but 14-0, and they became only the third team to do that, and they are two games away from regular season perfection. If the Colts, if the dream scenario that the NFL is hoping for, if the Colts and the Saints meet in the Super Bowl, who do you like? 
Uh, well, I have to say the Saints. Right now, the Saints are looking more balanced than the Colts are. Uh, but um, the Colts do have Peyton Manning, and uh, which I think is more of a better quarterback than Drew Brees is. Um, because, just because Peyton's had more experience in the league, and Peyton puts up consistent numbers. Um, so, I'd have to go, it'd, it'd be a close match. I think Saints pull out the win, but I do like both these teams. Yeah, they've both had their fair shares of struggles, whether it be uh, Indy with Jacksonville or Baltimore or Houston, or the Saints with Washington, most prevalently. Um, but they've managed to persevere, and now they're both uh, that much closer to yes. running the table, considering who they have left. I think they both have a pretty good shot of doing so. Yeah, but I think the Colts rest their players week 15 and week 16. Um, pretty easy opponents both those weeks. Saints, not so much. I think they go for the 16-0 season to try to get uh, some momentum going into the playoffs. Yeah, um, Sean Payton has made it very clear that if they have a shot at 16-0, and they will go for it. No resting the players for this guy. No. Um, but anyways, moving back to the Jacksonville uh, uh, Colts game, I didn't see much of this game, from, but what from I did see... Uh, Jags were looking pretty good. Gerard was moving the ball really well until a late fourth quarter interception and about the 30-yard line cut their drive short um, by Kevin Lacey got the interception. I'm uh, I'm guilty of not watching this game much because I thought it was going to be one of those blowout games, but I managed to turn it on, and the first play I saw when I heard this game was close was the Jacksonville uh, getting intercepted to end the drive and end the game. So that's really the only play I saw of this game, but it turned out to be the most important one. Yes. Um, uh, Jags, they're in the playoffs. No, no, sorry. They need help now to stay in the playoffs. Yeah. The best record they can fin- finish with is 9-7. and seven. They've lost uh, control of their own destiny for sure. Yes. They need some serious help. I think Denver gets that first AFC wildcard spot, and I believe Miami will get the second playoff spot. Really? Be, yes. So uh, you don't like the Pats in that spot? The Pats will win the division. Okay. Yeah. Well, sorry. <laughs> Mine lapsed there. But, um, yeah, I don't know who's going to get that second wild card in the AFC. But uh, we have six teams still within two games of that spot. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore still in it. I believe uh, uh, Pittsburgh's still in it, but not by much. There's a lot of teams still in there. Considering, um, including the teams with a slim hope, you've got the Jets, Houston, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville, Baltimore, I believe, is still in there. Um, So you've got a lot of teams just on the outside there that can finish 9-7, 10-6, 
but I don't know if it's going to be good enough to clamp down that final wild card spot. I would agree with you, though, now that I think about it, that Denver and Miami will wrap up those two spots. Yes. Um, and in the NFC, we much clearer picture with the Giants and the Falcons, the only ones, and the Niners, the only ones really in this hunt. Yes, uh, the NFC is much more uh, decided at this point. And really, looking at the remaining schedule of all those teams, I think Dallas is the odd team out. I think that even though they have been in control of that division for the majority of the year, I think in these last couple of weeks, the Eagles and the Giants had decided to step it up. And, uh, yeah. And looking at the Cowboys' schedule is coming up. They got the Saints, whereas the Eagles have the Niners, and I believe the Giants have Washington. Uh, I really think that the, the Cowboys will lose next week, where the Eagles and the Giants will win. Giants take their lead on the Cowboys, and then they have Cowboys at 8 and 6, flirting with another 8 and 8 season. Not looking too good with, uh, for the Cowboys. If they miss the playoffs, Wade Phillips is gone. Yes, no doubt about it. Uh, but uh, Cowboys still have a pretty good organization going. I think it's the coach that uh, really is the. the one that's preventing them from losing these games in December. But uh, we'll have to talk about that more coming up. I really think that Jerry Jones has his priorities misaligned at this point because he spent all that money last year, uh, a couple years ago, building that brand new stadium. And man, is it a sight to behold. It's huge and it's definitely a spectacle, if you can call it that. But uh, he hasn't focused on providing a winning team to the fan, going out, taking those chances, getting those guys that can assure them that they can win a game in the playoffs. Well, the Cowboys, uh, they, uh, they definitely will not stop selling tickets, that's for sure. Oh, no. They've got the most devoted fan base in the NFL. Yeah, but uh, moving on to Sunday morning games. Actually, Saturday night games. This oh, week. yes. So, Saturday night. Dallas at New Orleans. A very good game that was scheduled before we knew the consequences of this game. Uh, on the NFL Network, if you have it available. Um, and for your Canadians uh, who have both satellite, it is on uh, Sportsnet. Yes. Um, the Cowboys... We know we know the uh, consequences of this game for them now. If they lose this game, they're hanging on by a thread, as we just discussed. And looking at the Saints, they they don't look like a team to me that is willing to let the Cowboys step in back in the picture, especially when they're going for that perfect record, that unblemished ride into the playoffs. But given that they've all already clinched pretty much everything they can, do you think they kind of look past the Cowboys to the playoffs this week? Oh, definitely not. I think the Saints are looking for a perfect season, and they will uh, 
they will uh, fight the Cowboys, and they will win. I think it will be a close one, though. But the Cowboys, like in December, will find a way to lose, and uh, they'll lose. <laughs> they'll find a way to lose. I like that. Instead of finding a way to win, they'll find a way to blow it. Um, the Saints averaging, you can see why they put up the numbers that they do. They averaged 425 yards a game, total offense, and they've managed to parlay that, convert that into points better than any other team in the NFL. Oh, yeah. The Saints really are a great team. Great, great team. Uh, I was reading the quote today, and it said, the measure of a coach is not by how many games he wins, but how he uses his depth. And the Saints, illegally 13 players on IR, have really utilized the players they have at depth. And, uh, and they've just made their team a contender still, even though they have so many injuries. People got to remember that uh, a football team is not like a Madden franchise. Um, you can't just go plug in any player in there and just, oh, yeah, he'll work out. Because you got to learn the system of the defense and the offense, often a very complicated system. And if you haven't worked in a, sim- like a s- system similar to that, you won't, you won't succeed. So... You know what, the Saints bring back Mike McKenzie and Chris McAllister, maybe not the best cornerback free agents out there, but they at least have worked in the Saints' uh, defensive scheme before, and uh, they know the system. But uh, it has changed a little bit. I will give them that under new coordinator Greg Williams. But um, I think the Cowboys' defense here could be in quite a bit of trouble considering the Saints have put up so many points this year. And uh, the Cowboys' best defensive player, DeMarcus Ware, is considered questionable for this game. Oh, yeah. Uh, the scary injury yesterday with against, um, or not yesterday, last Sunday against, I believe it was, uh, I'm sorry, I'm having a mind lapse here. Who is that against? San Diego, yes. Uh, just hit his neck and it looked really scary, but he flashed a thumbs up. Questionable for this week. I would not play him, though. No, I would I would sit him, but can they afford to do so? I'm not sure. But if we're looking out for the player safety, safety health of the players, I would sit him. Yeah. Uh, you definitely don't want to risk a sprayed neck, considering how serious that could be. Um, but, uh... Really, but it should be a good game, I think. Close game, considering the Saints have almost dropped a, uh, a, a close one versus uh, the Rams and a close one versus Washington. But I think the Saints will win. Yeah, I mean, I I would see it at thirty-eight twenty-seven. I see this being a high-scoring game, bit of a shootout to be honest, but. I see the Saints doing what they do best and putting up a lot of points on the board. Doesn't seem yeah. to matter who they're playing. Yeah. But, uh, good game. Moving on to... Now you can go to Sunday morning. Chicago at Baltimore. Um, not much to say, but Baltimore will be fighting 
for the playoff chances here. If they drop a game here, they could be out of the playoffs pretty fast. Baltimore sitting at 7-6. and six. Um, They are in the playoff hunt behind Miami, Jacksonville, and uh, the Denver Broncos. I think they'll be fighting for their lives versus Chicago, and Chicago will be uh, making sure to uh, play the spoiler role. Yeah, it's really all they can play for and hope for at this point. To me, this is the battle of overrated teams all year. But uh, they do have some talented runners in this game that I look forward to watching in Matt Forte and Murray Rice. Yes, um, Matt Forte has been a disappointment this year. But uh, Ray Rice has been a surprise. Uh Second round pick out of Red Coast last year. Um, really been a surprise. Then again, Matt Forte was a second round pick last year, but it was the curse of the 300 carries that got to him and uh, really set him back. Yeah. Um, considering that Ray Rice has less than 200 carries, but over 1,000 yards already, um... That's pretty amazing. He does have seven touchdowns. And I have just read an article here as we're talking about this. Breaking news, everybody. Um, this game has been moved uh, oh. to 4.15 Eastern into the late afternoon or early afternoon games if you're on the West Coast like Tyler is um, due to snow. They're expecting 10 to 15 inches of snow in Baltimore. And uh, the city of Baltimore has agreed with the NFL to move this game to a 4:15 start along with Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Seattle. So it will be moved to the late afternoon on the East Coast the early afternoon on the West Coast, and it will not be a 1 o'clock start, as we had said previously. So, uh, well, there we, there we have it. Breaking news on Crazy Canucks football. Well, anyways, I don't see that making much of a difference. A lot of snow. Both teams are snowy weather teams. Both of them can play in snow weather. Yeah. But um, that just means I might get the Eagles game on my television. Yeah, and that's always a plus for you, isn't it? Yes. Uh, moving on next to divisional battle. Uh, New England at Buffalo. Buffalo, of course, has nothing to play for except for the spoiler rule. But New England, surprisingly, is still fighting for their lives here. They are 8-5. and five, And there's still a chance depending on what Miami does, that uh, the Pats could be looking at a wild card spot. So they'll be fighting hard to get a what should be an expected win over Buffalo this weekend. Hmm. Expected? Yes. Guaranteed? No. I do like Buffalo in this game. They will be looking for revenge versus the Patriots. In Buffalo, snowy weather, even though both teams are adept at playing at snowy weather. Buffalo's still pretty mad about that week one loss. 
I think uh, the Patriots not looking as good as they did before will maybe perhaps drop a clunker. I'm not going to say they will, but uh, you never know. An upset special might be in the works. I don't know about that. I, I'm inclined to disagree, but you've got me thinking it may happen. Uh, as I said, expected win, yes. But as you said, easy win, maybe not, depending on um, how the Pats approach this game. Pats have had a lot of criticism in their organization in the last few weeks with especially from their quarterback Tom Brady saying we don't fight hard enough yeah well the defense has been looking uh, a little a little rusty lately uh, Bill Belichick maybe not looking so smart trading all his first round picks for second round picks you know second round picks save you the money but the first round picks many of the games I mean uh Patrick Chung, I mean, he was looking like a genius when he took these guys. Now we have Patriots fans saying, well, what is Bill Belichick doing? I mean, Bill has perhaps lost his mind, considering he also has been going on on and fourth down a lot lately, thinking that he's Mr. Invincible. Well, look at the stats, Bill. You're not even the best team in the AFC anymore. No, they're kind of falling from grace right now. They were the dynasty of the 2000s, but they're quickly being passed by the Colts, the Chargers, and the more powerful, conceivably younger teams in the AFC. And considering that Tom Brady is, what now, 33? 31. 31? 30. He may be looking at building a new quarterback for the future. I hate to say it to Pats fans, but Tom Brady might be on the decline. Yeah, I mean, uh, you, he's got playmakers around him, but the thing is, what is he's not doing anything with the playmakers. I know a couple of years back, Donovan McNabb tore his ACL, and he's still, he's still he's lost a step, a big step. No longer the fast quarterback that came out of college that would uh, run if nobody was open. Now Donovan McNabb is looking for the check down route. Um, he, so tearing your ACL is a big deal. Um, Tom Brady will definitely never be the same quarterback. He'll, he'll uh, stick to more being a pocket quarterback. Um, probably won't get back 100% from his ACL injury until the beginning of next year. And... Um, there is a decline in uh, the Patriots organization. Randy Moss is uh, hitting 37. Wes Welker, still pretty young, but uh, definitely not an outside receiver. He's, he's a possession have, guy, first and foremost. Yeah, when, they haven't been in the slot, but when you have Sam Aiken on the opposite side, I mean, that's people can double Wes and double Randy, and Sam Aiken on one-on-one coverage... He's not going to uh, burn you for any big plays. Not likely. Not likely. He's less of a worry at this point. A big signing for the Bills this week. Oh, I don't know if I can call it big. Big in uh, size, big in mass, but will it make an impact on the offensive line? The Bills have signed Richie Incognito 
And he has a reputation around the league as being a bit of a dirty player. Um, is that justified, and will this make an impact for the Bills? That is yes. To you. Um, well, I believe the linebacker, Matthias Kiwanuku of the Bills, called this guy out and said, one of the worst offensive lines lining in the league, a dirty player, I don't want him on the team, I don't know why they signed him. Uh, calling Richie Ancanito out, big player, um, should make an impact on the Bills' offensive line, considering their offensive line is subpar. But he is a dirty player. More penalties coming from the Bills, probably. Uh, but uh, should be a decent addition for the Bills. Definitely, definitely didn't hurt them. Well, the but, Rams uh, got rid of him. Let's see if the Bills can deal with him. Yes. Moving on. Uh, to the, sorry, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, uh, snoozer, but Arizona committing seven turnovers last week, Monday night versus San Francisco, um, I still think they will blow the Detroit Lions out of the water. Yeah, I really can't see any other outcome in this, I mean, depending on whether Stafford plays... And he should. And that's the indication from Detroit. Uh, it shouldn't matter too much, but I I, I agree with you in saying that Arizona's going to win this game quite easily. Um, I really don't see any other outcome. As I said, Kurt Warner's getting up there in years, and we saw a glimpse of Matt Leinard um, occasionally. And the running game looks to be getting on track as uh, they're splitting carries between Being Wells and Tim Hightower. But uh, Arizona right now just has the weapons that I don't see the Lions defense being able to keep up with. Uh, no, no, neither do I. And I believe if Arizona wins this game, they do not clinch, but they come pretty close to um, clinching the NFC West. Uh, Detroit, they play Detroit this week. Should be an easy win. So I am predicting the Cardinals to win around a 38 to 10 score. I would agree with that score. Yes. Not much else to say about this game. Larry Fitzgerald was injured in the San Francisco game. People said, "Uh oh, Madden curse back." They, it, what, the MRI's back came back negative. He will be fine. He's confident he will play versus the Lions. Yeah, but Madden curse. With Paul Mowu going down earlier in the year, I think it's alive and well, and I am a strong believer in that curse, strangely enough. So we'll see who's on the cover next year. Moving on to Miami at Tennessee. Um, I like Miami this year. They're, they're a rejuvenated team with Chad Hene at the helm. Ronnie um, Brown injured, but Ricky Williams looking like his old back coming out of uh, Texas. The Heisman winner. Uh, both these teams have very, very good rushing attacks. Um, Chris Johnson um, closing in on 2,000 yards. 2,000 yards with three games left to play. He needs to get about 150 yards a game to break that record. Yep, he's right now. He's got 1,626 yards, and he's averaging six yards a carry, which is Unbelievable. But on the opposite side, Ricky Williams almost going to break a 1,000-yard season. 
Um, 10 TVs they won the year. Wowzers. The Miami likes to run them uh, compared to Chris Johnson's 11. So, both these teams great rushing attacks. Both these teams with young quarterbacks that are able to run the ball. And I, I believe Vince Young will be back for this game. Yeah, and looking at Miami and their whole offense right now, would you say this Chattanooga team, do you think he has the presence to take this team over and take a playoff run, put it together? Yes, I do think. I've been saying Miami's my upset pick ever since about week 10 uh, after they started turning their season around. Um, Miami's going to win. Miami's going to win. I don't, they might even possibly win the division. They do have the head-to-head versus the Patriots. They beat a good Patriots team last week. Um, and Tennessee, not like what they used to be, still a pretty good team. I do see uh, Miami pulling out this win, 24-21. Yeah, again, I agree with that score. I think Miami's going to manage to pull out this game. And with three games left... Two games after this one, you never know. Miami still has a divisional hope. Seven and six, they they can finish. Uh, they can finish. Uh, yeah, ten and six, and that could get a uh, probably will get you a playoff spot in the AFC. It didn't look like it a few weeks ago, but Miami's closing in on the Pats. Now, if they had only uh, won those sure sure thing games against Buffalo and teams like that. They might be head of the division right now. Yeah, uh, too bad. So sad for Miami. Moving on to a clunker, Cleveland at Kansas City. Moving on. <laughs> I I can't think of anything positive to say about a game like that. I mean, Dwayne Bowe coming back. Dwayne Bowe is coming back from the suspension policy. Yeah, I mean, it's Cleveland and Kansas City. No offense to all Cleveland Brown fans and Kansas City fans out there. I do know a few of you, uh, but these two teams, not not a prime matchup, to say the least. Um, in a story regarding the NFL blackout policy, the Chiefs will have their first local blackout since 1990 um, because they didn't sell enough tickets for this game. As I said before, not exactly a prime matchup, and it seems the fans have recognized that. Uh, They had sold out 156 straight games, um, but this one will not be shown on local TV. Yeah, uh, Kansas City's got a good fan base. Uh, always have. Always uh, probably will have. Um, the team has been less than spectacular the last few years. Um, but this game coming in, the two, the, the 3 and 10 Kansas City versus the 2 and 11 Browns did beat Pittsburgh last week, the uh, Browns, and Kansas City beat Pittsburgh. Uh, interesting enough. So, uh, but I, I see Matt or uh, Dwayne Bow making a big impact coming back from a suspension policy. Jamal Charles having a big game. Um, I also see uh, Jerome Harrison of the Cleveland Browns having a big game. 
Probably, I'm predicting the final score, 16-10 Chiefs. Uh, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Even though both defenses are bad, both offenses can't do much either. So, and just one more thing on the subject of that blackout. Um, the Rams meeting with Houston is going to be blacked out on local TV, and Detroit, Arizona will also be blacked out on local TV. Do you think the NFL is getting a little too liberal on the blackout policy? Well, yeah, yeah, I definitely think they're blacking out too many games. But, uh, you know what? If you want to go see the game, then go buy tickets. A team like Detroit doesn't sell tickets for that much money, considering how much they're bad. I mean, you can go go buy tickets so you can uh, watch the game live and probably get decent seats at a Detroit Lions game. And at least if you're not a Lions fan, you can see this high-powered Arizona offense. But I understand for the Chiefs-Browns game, you want to go really not much of an atmosphere this game. Not, the teams are battling for nothing. Uh, neither of the defenses are good. Neither of the offensive offenses are good. Uh, no superstar players on each side. Not really. I mean, I understand why this game is blacked out. Yeah, it's not really that big of a surprise when you think about it. Moving on, though, to the Jets, the Atlanta Falcons at the New York Jets. This is Matt Ryan. G- Sorry, Tyler. Um, go ahead. I, I was going to say, this is a game I will likely be on my TV. I think this is going to be an interesting game. Uh, the Jets are looking to pound, wear down this defense, and uh, considering Matt Ryan and Michael Turner have had limited practice this week, we could see a little bit of them, but I'm not expecting too much. Don't expect Michael Turner to carry much of the load in this one, but both teams need a win. Whoever loses this game has had their playoff hopes. Goodbye. Uh, yeah. You can stick a fork in whoever loses this game. That's why I think it's going to be a good, close, competitive game. Both teams know that fact, and both teams will want this win more than anything right now. Uh, Atlanta looking to snap its streak of 41 consecutive losing seasons. 8-8 eight eight is a winning season, correct, Jordan? I believe so, yes. So the Falcons can only afford to lose one more game unless they want that streak to continue on to 42 consecutive uh, uh seasons with no back-to-back winning seasons. Uh, 11-5 last year, the Falcons were um, wild-card spot, but uh, I do not see them getting a winning... Or I see them maybe at 8-8 eight and eight in the end of the year. Uh, this week, I see the Jets pulling up the win in a close one in the Meadowlands. Yeah, another one I would agree with. I think that Thomas Jones and Sean Green and that whole rushing offense, although they have lost Leon Washington, uh, Sean Green's done an admirable job averaging five yards a carry and really pounding it for Rex Ryan. Uh, Thomas Jones has shown that he wasn't just a one-year wonder and he has the ability to sustain a ground attack to help out uh, Mark Sanchez and Kellen Clemens, whoever 
seems to start, but this week it will be Mark Sanchez, actually. So he's been cleared to play in this game. So look to see his return performance. Um, Jarrell Rivas, <laughs> he's, wow. This The more I talk about this guy, the more I'm excited to watch him play. Um, he's just crazy. Yeah, shut it, he really shut down Roddy White, the biggest uh, target for the Falcons. Uh, really turning into the shutdown corner that the Jets wanted him to be. Um, Lito Shepard on the opposite side. Uh, pretty good corners for the Jets. They got a good defense. Um, I do like Jarrell Rivas. He is doing amazing this season with the Rivas curse. Almost every uh, wide receiver, with the exception of maybe Andre Johnson, after playing Darrell Rivas, have really started to just just started to suck plainly. Another superstar receiver we see this week, Roddy White, is uh, will probably go on the same path. Uh, Rufus is a great, great corner. And, yeah, uh, he's already got six interceptions by himself this year. Um, he's, I think he's got three in a row. One in each yes. of the last three games. Um, actually, he had two in week 12, and then one in each of the last two games. So, I would say look for another one here, because... Nobody seemed to figure out this guy. Uh, no, I. He's a, he's just. I mean, not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, just a pure shutdown corner that will get the ball from you. I mean, shut down Randy Moss, shut down Andre Johnson, shut down. Probably will shut down Larry Wright. I mean, this shut guy is. Tio twice. Yes, uh, this guy is no joke. And with the talented receivers, with the exception of maybe Miami. In the AFC uh, East, including Randy Moss, Wells Welker, um, T.O., Lee Evans. I mean, not, not no scrubs at receiver there. Um, Darrell Reeves has done a great job shutting down both, every one of those guys, four times. I don't think he's allowed a touchdown all season. Um, I think he has one, but don't quote me on that. Uh, and the scary thing about his talent is he's only 24 and he's doing nothing but getting better. Yes. Uh, I, I only, and I mean, I, again, he doesn't rely on his speed, so even if he gets an injury in his knee or his leg, he will continue to do good because, I mean, he's not, he doesn't, he's not like one of those quarterbacks that rely on speed and speed alone to get to the, to the ball. He's just... A very good uh, man coverage guy and a very good zone coverage guy, all in all. You can leave him out on an island or give him safety help over the top. He takes good angles to the ball. He does everything correctly without relying too much on one skill, as you said. So look for him to have another good game. And I would say uh, if Chris Redmond starts, look for another pick. Yeah. Uh, I think Matt Ryan is smart enough to... Try to avoid Darrell Rufus on one-on-one or on a double coverage routes, considering Darrell Rufus is that shutdown corner. But I, if the, I think if Chris Redmond starts, he will make a backup quarterback mistake and throw Darrell Rufus the ball. 
Moving on next to Houston at St. Louis, another blackout game on local TV. Um, Andre Johnson, Matt Schwab, Andre Johnson, Matt Schwab. Um, the Houston Texans pretty much eliminated from the playoff race, although not mathematically yet. Um, uh, they are sitting there at six and seven, uh, just behind the Tennessee Titans for for um, the AFC South. Gary, uh, the Texans owner has said to them, "If you don't get to the playoffs, Gary, you're out." Um, well, you know I'd have to agree with him. The Texans have struggled many seasons, at least since uh, 2004, where they have not made the playoffs, uh, expecting to. I do not see them going eight and eight. I do see them finish up the season nine and seven, missing the playoffs though. Um, you can stick a fork in them. They're finished. That's my, that's my prediction right now. Uh, they will manage to beat St. Louis. Uh, James Laurinaitis just hit a hundred tackles for the Rams, so he could be an emerging candidate for defensive rookie of the year. Um, he's been a bright spot for the Rams this year, but overall, these Rams defense just can't handle Andre Johnson by themselves, I think, and look for him to do everything he can to keep the playoff hopes of the Texans alive. Uh, looking at the Texans' playoff hopes, their chances of making the sixth seed wild card is sitting at 3% right now. Um, and their chances of making the fifth seed wild card are less than 1%. Uh, they cannot get, I mean, the Colts have already clinched their division, so they are, uh, the Texans are done. I mean, 1% is pretty low, 3% is pretty low to make the playoffs. Um, Gary Kubiak should start packing his suitcase right now. Yeah. So I do do not see the Texans making the playoffs. I do finish. They'll have a winning record to finish the season. Considering the, go ahead. Uh, considering they put the Rams uh, this uh, game, but other than that, I don't see them doing much more. How do you think the swine flu cases this week for the Rams will affect their play, if at all? Oh, a lot. Uh, even though there's not very many Rams that will do anything unless Steven Jackson has uh, a case of the swine flu. But uh, Steven Jackson, really the only breakout player, they have, he has 1,200 yards on the season. Um, only four rushing touchdowns, though, which I find surprising. Yeah. But as I say that, they only have eight rushing, eight passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, 12 touchdowns all season in 13 games. Yeah, you're not going to win games if you only have 12 touchdowns. That means you're getting shut out from touchdowns at least one game this season. Um, the, the Rams, plain and simple, you don't win if you don't score. Really need some offensive help. I think uh, the loss of Jake Locker in this draft is really going to hurt them, but I also think it will help them at the same time, if that makes any sense. Because the Rams were thinking quarterback this draft. Now, not so much. Um, I do think the Rams should have went offensive or defensive line instead of Jake Locker, who they were looking at heavily. But uh, I, didn't, I didn't think it was a right fit for the Rams. 
I think they needed to build up their offensive line before they get their starting quarterback. And most likely, Jake Locker's draft stock is likely to start, uh, drop next year, considering he's number one. So if the Rams win more games next year, there's still a chance for them to pick up Jake Locker with a revamped offensive line or a revamped set of receivers. And actually, Jake Locker might be set up for success. Just one more year for the Rams to tank, right? Once one more. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I do think it was uh, the wrong decision for Jake Locker not to go in this draft because of the new rookie deal coming up. The right decision for the Rams not to draft him, though. I I would have to dr- disagree with you with the Jake Walker situation. Even though he's missing out on possibly a lot of money, um, I think he's more worried about his development. He wants to kind of pad the stats to make himself look like that um, franchise cornerstone prospect that he's being made out to be. And uh, at this point, his number one concern is his continued development, it seems. And uh, by making this move, he has essentially said the money and the big fat contract isn't as important to me as developing my skills as a player. Oh, you gotta, you got to remember, Jake Walker got plenty of offers from huge schools. But he said, I'm going to go to Washington and help rebuild this school. So he's a guy with a lot of character. And I do think he, uh, he, he, he wants to stay there and maybe get his Washington Huskies to a bowl next year, as they were also close to doing this year. Um, Locker, known for his linebacker build and his um, his uh, cornerback speed. I mean, and he plays in a pro-style offense. But you got to look at his stats. I mean, they really haven't been that amazing until this year. So I do think he wants to increase his stats, maybe look himself to look a little bit better. I, I, need, I, I think the Rams, though, should go with I'm going to probably butcher his name, but Nandak Mukang Su out of Nebraska. You look at this guy, he had four and a half sacks in the Big 12 title game. This guy's just a freak of nature. Uh, combination of size and speed at defensive tackle. Rams don't have much de- defensive line. This guy is a game changer and really probably will be a great pickup if the Rams can get him at the number one spot, which they will be able to. Yeah, it looks like the Rams are definitely the front runner for that number one spot. But Jake Locker, considering what he's done over his college career, has never been a convention one to uh, rest in convention. If that makes any sense. But uh, we'll see who the Rams decide to uh, add to their team and I'm really looking forward to the combine and the draft so we can start talking about that full time and I know that's one of your favorite subjects as well yes very much I love the draft love watching it anyways though moving on to the game of the week not really but the San Francisco 49ers traveled to the Philadelphia Eagles in a game, the San Francisco 49ers will be fighting for their playoff lives. Just because it's your game of the week doesn't mean it's everybody's game of the week, but I really think uh, the Eagles are picking up steam. Uh, they've won their last few games, and this really looks like it could either be a really close game 
or Philly could blow it wide open. But Philly being Philly, I think it's going to be close. Uh, yeah, I mean, Philly, if they get a win this week, they do clinch a playoff spot at 10 wins. Um, I do like Philly for the win, but I'm a Philly fan. I do, I do think that the San Francisco 49ers are desperate and will be fighting for the playoff loves. Um, really, because they lose and they're out. Eight and eight won't make you the playoffs this year, San Francisco. Sorry, and with, especially with Arizona playing a crappy uh, Detroit Lions team, uh, Arizona sitting at eight and four. San Francisco loses, Arizona wins. San Francisco can kiss their playoff hopes goodbye. I do, I do see uh, the Niners going to be flying to the ball, trying to make big plays, uh, but in the end, I see Philly pulling up the win, twenty-four to seventeen. Yeah, um, the Niners are definitely going to come out with everything they've got. And in my opinion, they beat a team that is going to be a playoff force. And they beat a team that has comparable talent to the Eagles last week when their uh, hopes were on the line. So we'll see if they can come back and pull a repeat performance of Monday night against the Eagles. I do see Deshaun Jackson getting another touchdown at plus 50 yards, though. I, I'm going to say the Eagles win this game, but it's going to be something like 27-24. Eagles, yeah. Eagles by a field goal. Yeah, but uh, I do... Deshaun Jackson and Chris Johnson have really been surprises for everybody this year. Uh, Chris Johnson, not the top running back taken in last year's draft. Uh, the Tennessee Titans gave him pretty... Uh, uh, sorry, two years ago. Pretty, uh, pretty late. Last year's draft, um, everybody said, "Why are they drafting them?" He, they already got two perfectly fine running backs in Lendell White and Chris Brown. Well, look at that. Chris Johnson, 1,600 yards this season, and uh, last uh, two years ago, so uh, um, the Eagles drafting Deshaun Jackson. Everybody said, "Oh, he's too small to play in the NFL." He, he's li- he's listed as six one at Cal. Is actually only about five nine, maybe five ten if they're generous, and one hundred and seventy five pounds soaking wet. Six one is ridiculous. Yeah, that's what they listed him at Cal. Of course, you cannot trust college uh, scouts. But Sean Jackson, blazing speed, um, really great runner. I do think though, if he gets a knee injury, his uh. Receiver hoops might be done because it does rely on his speed a lot. Yeah, for sure. Um, moving on to our next game, however, divisional battle in the AFC West. Again, a spoiler playoff contender game in Oakland at Denver. Oh, uh, really? Not much. Uh, Oakland has been doing great this year, but Charlie Fry is your starting quarterback. I mean, honestly, he might be better than Jamarcus Russell, but not by much. Um, I do think Denver will get the win in this one fairly easily. Oakland has beat Pittsburgh, they have beat Philly, and they have beat the Chiefs. I cannot remember right now who they beat also. Um, But I don't think Oakland will uh, win this game, especially since Denver is trying to lock up the, uh, the playoff spot. Um, pretty easily, and they have a good uh, chance to do it 
in Oakland next week or this week. All I can say is watch out for the Raiders because this is going to be close. That is my bold statement for this game. Um, I really see Denver struggling in this game. And as I am of any opponents of Denver, as you have found out over the last few weeks, I will become a huge Oakland Raiders fan on Sunday. It says that is to say I would like to see Denver miss the playoffs, especially after um, if San Diego can win and have losses from Denver against Oakland and New England against Buffalo, they will clinch the number two seed in the AFC and first round bye if those three things were to happen in sequence this week. So I am a huge Buffalo Bills and Oakland Raiders fan all of a sudden this week for one week only. Oh, yeah, but really... um... The Broncos, right now, they got a 9% chance of missing the playoffs, which isn't that big. Um, they're holding on to that number five spot. They will likely hold on to it to the end of the year. They play their next three games are Oakland, Philly, and KC. I see them losing only one of those games, and that's to Philly uh, next week. Um, really, they, they should beat Oakland fairly easily, um, probably along the lines of. 31-10 or something like that. Charlie Fry is the starting quarterback. Definitely not a Bruce Almighty. <laughs> I think uh, Denver gets the win fairly easily here. Who would you rather have, Gradkowski or Fry? Gradkowski. Wow, that was a quick answer for a question like that. I'm surprised, but um, I'd have them both over to Marcus Russell at this point. So, moving on to Cincinnati at San Diego. Ooh, tough game. This is uh, a good one. Yeah, Cincinnati wins. They have the head-to-head versus San Diego, and they take the number two spot. If San Diego wins, they clinch. Um, well, they may not clinch a number two spot, but clinch versus Cincinnati in the head-to-head for the number two spot. We, we uh, do good. clinch a playoff spot with a win. We clinch at least a wild card. And uh, if Denver and New England lose, we clinch the number two spot this week. So we'll have to see. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, it is in Cincinnati, correct? No, it is it's at Qualcomm. In, in San, San Diego. Diego. Yes. It will be a com- close competitive game. San Diego will pull out the win, probably. Although I am becoming one of the biggest bandwagon Cincinnati fans there has ever been. Uh, We'll see. San Diego, the winners of eight in a row. But when I looked at the schedule around week 10 or so, this was one of the two games that really I kind of looked at and went, that could be a loss. This could be a loss. Um I'm really hoping it isn't because we still have the possibility if we run the table and win these last three games against Cincinnati, Tennessee, and Washington to go 13-3, and which I wouldn't have told you when we started 2-3 and this year that we would run the table and win our last 11 games if that were to happen. But uh, it still is a possibility at this point. And with Norv at the helm, we'll see. As I have said prior, 
we always find a way to make it close, and I see this game is no exception. But I can see us pulling out the win in this game, probably 27-21 or something of that nature. Yeah. Um, Nick Hardwick, Kevin Burnett, uh, Legado Dunay, Alfonso Boone, all questionable for the the Cincinnati Bengals, except for Nick Hardwick, which is out. Uh, Demota Pecco and Chris Kuraka are out for the Bengals. Um, but other than that, they should be fine injury-wise. I do... Th- Go ahead. How do you think the, um, death of Chris Henry will affect the play of the Cincinnati Bengals? Really, I think it will motivate them to win. I think they will dedicate the rest of their season to Slim. That was his nickname in Cincinnati. Um... In case you didn't know that, I do think they uh, will start playing a little better up there for Chris Henry. Uh, they will dedicate the season to him and uh, perhaps pull out a win. Ocho has already said that he will wear um, Chris Henry's number 15 during the game this week. He uh, wore it in practice the other day and seemed very emotional in interviews after practice. Um they they were like brothers, according to most inside the team. And uh, really a tragic event to happen to Cincinnati this week. There was talk of this game being postponed um, to a later date, just so Cincinnati could uh, have some time to cope with this uh, sudden loss. But uh, this game is going ahead as scheduled. And after Cincinnati being thrashed by Minnesota last week, we'll see how they can do going into San Diego. Moving on to Green Bay at Pittsburgh. Oh, so far we have no challenge games yet, Jordan. And looking at the remaining schedule, doesn't look like there might be a challenge game this week. Oh, oh, wait. Wait, hold on. Just as you said that, just as you said that, we get to this game, and you are picking Green Bay, correct? Yes. Well, I'm not. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I really think the the Steelers on a five-game losing skid, losing to the Browns uh, recently... I think that um, Green Bay winning six straight, it's a clash of streaks. And I think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to get Aaron Rodgers and snap this streak. Um, this this may seem a surprise to a lot of people, but uh, to make it interesting, this is a challenge game, but I think Mike Tomlin is as good as anybody in the NFL saying, look, we are 6-7, and seven, correct? Yes. Yeah, we are 6-7. and seven. We need to run the table to have any chance of grabbing an AFC wild card. We were the Super Bowl champions last year. We have won the Super Bowl a couple of times in the last five years. Do you want to get back there or not? And he's really going to question the desire of this team. And looking at the 
uh, status of everybody. It looks like both teams have a lot of injuries to deal with, but um, I I see Steelers in a surprise upset, playing the role of spoiler here. Uh, Green Bay has not clinched a playoff spot yet, but they are nine and four, and look to be pretty secure in making the playoffs. However, I think um, Mike Tomlin's going to be a motivator to this team, get under the collar of a lot of players, and we're going to see a reinvigorated Pittsburgh team this week uh, that will pull a surprise upset at home against Green Bay. I think I think it's the opposite. I think Pittsburgh is uh, sort of slacking and unmotivated after the last week's loss versus the Browns. Really, I think this team doesn't have any motivation at all. Um, they're six and seven. The best they can finish is nine and seven. Well, if the Packers are hot, they're they're ready to win. They're ready to go and just destroy and just win against at all costs to get that playoff spot to catch Minnesota. I remember Packers are not done yet. If they win, Minnesota loses. They're only one game behind Minnesota, uh, but Minnesota does have the tiebreaker. The Packers still could win, pull the table, and finish 12-4, and and Minnesota lose the table and finish 11-5. and Packers will get that uh, playoff spot for the Minnesota Vikings. They're motivated. Uh, Minnesota, they're playing. Let me just see here. Minnesota is playing Carolina this week. Yeah. So I do see maybe the Packers motivated. They want to win. You know, they still have a chance. Uh, but uh, I see them winning. Final score 38 to. Uh, maybe not 38, sorry. 24 to 13. I can see where you're coming from with your argument. My feeling is. Just to say, I think that, as I said, with motivation, and as you stated, Pittsburgh does have a lack of motivation right now. I would agree with you in that. And I think, as I said, I think Mike Tomlin's the best coach available in bringing that out. And I really feel that if there's any sort of desire left, which I believe there is, they just haven't been playing up to their potential. They have the potential to spoil the Packers uh, surefire hopes of winning the division right now and uh, we'll see what happens but that's our first um, kind of I guess conflict in our picks here but uh, I'm taking the major upset and you're taking the sure thing Yeah. or the more sure thing there's never a sure thing in football but Moving on to Tampa Bay at Seattle. Tampa Bay one and twelve. Seattle five and seven. Not much, not much to play for in this game, I think. No, another one of those games like Kansas City and Cleveland, where you have two teams that have nothing to play for playing each other. So this is going to be a really boring game. And I was surprised it wasn't one of those um, blackout games as well as we talked about earlier in the show. Well, Seattle has great fans. They'll always go and watch uh, their team play, um, even if they have nothing to play for. 
it is a pretty bad game, but um, they are awful again. loud at times. Reputation yeah. for being the loudest in the NFL for sure. And I think uh, Seattle should get a pretty easy win in this game, considering that um, well, considering that the Tampa Bay is not the best team in the bunch. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I do like their pieces they have in place. Raheem Morris is, I think, is going to be a good coach. Um, but this season just hasn't panned out the way they had hoped, and hopefully they can rebound, and they're looking forward to next year for now. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to the... Minnesota at Carolina, I believe. Sunday night football. This game was pegged to be great when the season started. Now, not so much. Yeah. Now, um, this was supposed to be one of the games of the week this week, but the way Carolina has been playing is anything but that. And Minnesota should steamroll them. I'm not seeing any upsets here like I did with Pittsburgh a couple of games ago. Um, I don't know. I just can't figure out Carolina. Neither could I. They got a great rushing attack, which is why I think Carolina will keep this game close until about the third quarter. But um, really, when it comes down to it, you need a quarterback, and Matt Moore is not that quarterback for you. Neither is Jake DeLome. That's why I see them trying to go quarterback in this draft. Maybe maybe, maybe uh, they'll go... Uh, lineman or receiver to help Steve Smith out, but other than that, uh, quarterback this year or next year's draft, and I see John Fox leaving. Yeah, he has to be out the door at this point. Um, breaking news, once again, second breaking news in the show. Another game has been moved due to Snowstorm, and it is your team. Uh, the Niners-Eagles game has been moved to 4.15 Eastern Time. 1.15 um, Pacific Standard Time on the West Coast due to a storm that is said to be approaching, um, which means we might get a little of it, sad to say. But uh, that is the second game this week that has been moved to the 4 o'clock slot. Well, that, that sucks because I could have watched it on 1 o'clock, but now instead I have to watch the Tampa Bay-Seattle game since I am on the West Coast. Um, but uh, So uh, I might have to watch this game on the Internet. Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. It is going to be televised on Fox if um, you get it. So I hope you get it for your sake because when you go without your Eagles, you can get a little bit angry. Um, <laughs> I'm kidding. Moving on to the last game of the week, Monday Night Football, Washington, New York at Washington. Washington, spoiler roll, New York needs to win or they're pretty much done. Yeah, um, New York is really fighting hard now because um, Dallas has been stumbling. And this is a divisional game. Washington could play the spoiler here. I I see this being a pretty entertaining game. That's kind of sad to say, considering how the Giants started the year and how the Redskins 
they have picked up their play. They've made a lot of close games. I'll give them credit for that. I think Sherman Lewis coming in and calling the plays has really made a bigger difference than a lot of people expected. And the breakout uh, season of a guy like Steve Smith um, for the Giants has been really beneficial for them with the loss of Plexico in the offseason, obviously. But I've been yeah. I've been a little disappointed in the Giants' ground game this year with Brandon Jacobs. I don't think he has a hundred yard game yet. I think he might have one one hundred yard game, but yes, two hundred and two carries for only seven hundred and eighty two yards, averaging three point nine yards per carry. Ahmad Bradshaw has seventy less carries than he does, and only a hundred less yards. Really, uh, Brandon Jacobs' defense has been t- been targeting more. They know how to get him instead of tackling him high like most running backs. They just go for his legs. And really, well, Brandon Jacobs, he he can be stacked eight in the box. And, uh, well, the Giants receivers aren't really uh, playmakers. Steve Smith may, be, may has 85 receptions for 1,530 yards, 53 yards. But really, we can... Uh, defenses can stack the box against this Giants run game and still be able to win. And the Redskins defense is very underrated for as bad as they've been playing this season. Um, The Redskins defense, I feel, is getting looked over by a lot of people. Overlooked. Well, they got one of the best pass defense in in the uh, NFL. Many people don't know that, but I keep on saying that. And uh, it may be interesting to see how the Giants run over them. Um, anyways, I think this game will win out for the Giants. Giants 7-6, and six, they're fighting for the playoff hopes. If they lose, I think if they lose, that pretty, mu- and, uh, that pretty much eliminates them from any playoff contention. Not mathematically, though, because the Cowboys are 8-5. and five. But if the Cowboys win and the Giants lose, the Giants could be in some trouble. Yeah, for sure. Um, Dallas is in tough this week in New Orleans in the Dome. But uh, if they do manage to pull out the win and end the undefeated season of the Saints, um, yeah, the Giants, you can stick a fork in them, I think. Um, yeah. And to answer, to answer your question earlier, Brandon Jacobs has not had a 100-yard game this year. He's twice had 92 yards in the game. However, those were against Tampa Bay and Kansas City. So take those stats for what you will. Um, He's been close on multiple occasions, but uh, he hasn't had a 100-yard game this year. And he's only had... um, more than 20 carries 20 or more carries in four of the of the uh 13 games they played this year so anyways but um yeah i really think that uh the giants are in a little bit of trouble tom coughlin not on the hot seat yet but uh he could be if they don't make the playoffs this year. I th- I think he'll be fine. Uh, but, yeah, I would agree with you in saying the Giants, if Dallas were to win, you can pretty much rule them out of the playoffs. But I 
personally, I see the Giants making the playoffs because I don't think Dallas will win tonight. Yes, neither do I. Anyways, though, that's all we have for our show today. Um, we will get hit you back up Tuesday this week um, uh, to preview and recap, or uh, to recap the last shows, and we will be back Wednesday to preview the next shows, and then we'll take a little Christmas hiatus, and uh, we should hit you back around the 28th or the 29th. Yeah, it's uh honor having... Uh, being on iTunes now, having quite a few subscribers, we we love to have you guys. Sorry we couldn't hit you up with a podcast for about a week there in the middle, but uh, we've been so busy with a little thing called life that sometimes gets in the way um, that we've been stewing to talk some football with you guys. We just haven't had the chance to. So thanks for tuning in to our Fifth show, is it? Yeah. Fifth, yeah. fifth show. And uh, we hope to talk to you guys again soon. For my co-host, Tyler Engel, I am Jordan Smith, and this is Crazy Canucks Football, signing, signing off. off.